Our mom said we needed more energy. This is my so, attempt at more energy. This is for you, Deb. It's for you, Deborah. 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 Oh my God! I took a lift for the first time today, and um, because we went into Ithaca, and the shuttles from my school are—they have rough times, and we were like, we don't want to be constrained by this, so we're gonna take an, uh, an Uber. But then the Uber is too expensive, so we're like, we're gonna take a lift. So we got oh, a lift yeah, for the first time. Lift. It's a lift is always cheaper. I didn't know that until today. But our, our Lyft driver, her name is Debbie, or was Debbie. She's not dead, but her name was Debbie. So how's your, how's your week been, Groob? I had real food for the first time um, on Friday and almost cried. And then I had real food again today that wasn't cafeteria food and almost cried a second time. But because I was getting Japanese food and the soup there um, reminded me of the Japanese place by our house that I go to with the family all the time. Mm-hmm. And I ate it and I was like, I miss my mom. So. Aww. College. College. How are you, Marcy? How's work? Uh, I haven't been working for the past week, so work's fine. Why haven't you been working that week? <laughs> I'm in the middle of jobs. Like I'm, I just stopped a job and I'm about to start a new job and I'm on this weird in-between space where I'm doing like online training for my new job, mm. but I haven't been going in. So I've just been sitting at home for the most part because I couldn't I couldn't start the training until Thursday and it's Sunday now and I still haven't started the training and uh, that, I just figured tomorrow's Monday it'll be a fresh start. Is that why you've been playing The Sims so much? Um, don't snitch on me. <laughs> my computer snitches on you every time. Every time you do anything and I'm also on my computer, it says Marcy is now online. Marcy is now playing The Sims. I saw you stop playing The Sims right before we got on this. No, it was like 30 minutes before. Okay, like 30 minutes before we got on this. But yeah, besides that, literally nothing interesting is going on in my life. So, yeah. So, Gray, you had a book come out last week. I certainly did have a book come out. How does that feel? Um, Weird. I don't know. Why weird? It's weird because um, I don't know if you heard about this, Marcy, but apparently like um, so. So my book, before it was officially released, people had been when they bought it from Amazon, have been getting their copies in like two days after they bought it. And who knows how many weeks before it was actually released. So a bunch of people already had it. And I was under the impression for a while that Amazon was just leaking my book because they don't like me, I guess, question mark. Like, I didn't know what it was, but I didn't really, I was like, whatever. Like, I contacted my publishers about it, and they were like, it's not that huge a deal. Don't worry about it. But apparently, it's a thing that's been happening to, it that happened to other authors, and it was like a, some kind of mistake behind the, the, the workings of Amazon. I don't know what they do, but there had been a mistake or something. And, like, a big-name author had had their book released early. <laughs> which really messed them up like it didn't mess me up but it seriously was upsetting for them um and then mom told me about that about that the other day because she was like i heard about it on npr and i was like what um so all that to say it's kind of weird because basically everyone who's bought it like not everyone but a lot of people that bought it got it before it was technically out and like let me know because they were also like why do i have it now 
So it's mostly been just me being like, if you haven't bought it already, please do. <laughs> but yeah, that was bizarre that it, they released it early. I don't really understand how you can mess that up so bad. Like I, I really your whole business is just shipping stuff at a specific time. Yeah, you know that's the whole thing. It was something to do with like the order was put in wrong or whatever. So like the people that actually worked there. They don't know anything. They're just doing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the people in the warehouse are just like, this thing ships this day. Yeah. Go do it. But I mean. But, yeah. I mean, some people are saying <laughs> like food was on purpose. Quality control yeah. fell through somewhere. Somewhere. Mm, many places. Um, what was that? I just feel like I have a frog in my throat. Well, get him out. Which is, a, that's a weird thing that we say, huh? I literally don't Frog think I've throat. ever heard you say that until this exact moment. But like you've heard other people say it. Probably. Like it's something people say. People say a frog in my, what is that? What does it mean? It means you've got a little boy up there. No. <laughs> you got to get him out. <laughs> no. <Not> out. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that was a lot of nothing. What are we here to do, Gray? Well, I'm glad you asked, Marcy, because we are here to review books. I'm Gray. And I'm Marcy. I'm a writer. And I'm a reader. And this is... Bookends, a literary podcast. And what do we do on bookends? Oh, well, I was going to ask you that. Oh, oh, you first. Oh, 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 excuse me. Um, We review books... What we else do we books. do? Most of, mostly that. Uh, talk about things not related to books. We do segments that are also related to books. So, okay. Speaking of which, what is our segment for today? Well, I'm so glad that you asked me because um, I have a beautiful thing that I've been working on for a really long time. And I'm just, I'm so excited to share it with you. Um, okay, here it goes. Hear ye, be immortal, as you approach. Pass not if you can't guess my quote. Cross my bridge if you dare. Only books will get you there. Quote troll. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is this? What does this mean? The quote troll requires that you pay a toll. <laughs> and the toll is... <laughs> um, you must choose... Uh, okay, I'm just... Okay. No voice anymore. I provide you with some quotes from two different authors who have similar-ish either themes or voices, and you gotta pick which author it is. And this week's is going to be John Green and J.D. Salinger. So I'm going to be presenting you with 10 different quotes, either from Catcher in the Rye or from a non-Fault in Our Stars book by John Green because I figured Fault in Our Stars is just too, like, too Everyone obvious. Everyone knows it. Everyone, Everyone knows the, the, the good quotes from that one. Um, and the reason that we are doing a Catcher in the Rye and John Green-themed segment today is because this week's, not this, well, this week's and this month's um, theme is growing up, which can be translated mildly into coming of age, depending on the book that you're reading which yeah. I did translate it into that. And the fun thing about Catcher in the Rye, I have a lot of feelings about Catcher in the Rye that I could get into, but I won't. <laughs> um, we don't have time for that. We, we super don't have time for it. But 
it was it was written as like it was targeted for adults but it was one of the first books truly about like being a teenager because the concept of being a teenager hadn't super duper existed up until then because of like you know things happening you're a kid and then you're an adult yeah you don't you don't super have an in between for up until like the 1930s or something like that so so anyway yeah catcher on the rye was one of the first novels that people considered to be about being a teenager um and john green writes lots of books about teenagers and lots of what we consider coming of age and novels or books about growing up and he also was actually like he cites jd salinger as one of his influences on his writing and i thought that was kind of neat so you get to guess you marcy get to guess which quotes are by who and this is a fair fight because i have read the catcher in the rye i took ap english in high school and i read all of john green's book because i was a teenager so yes you were I'm theoretically well-informed for this. And it's been a kind of a similar amount of time since I've read his books and since I've read Catcher in the Rye because I read them at around the same age. So mm-hmm. and I, with I the feel, exception of Turtles All the Way Down because that's more recent. I feel pretty confident that this is going to be at least a little bit difficult for you. Okay. So I'm super excited. So do we want to just get into it? Yeah, let's just get into it. All right. Uh, Quote number one says, I'm always saying glad to have met you to somebody I'm not at all glad I met. If you want to stay alive, you have to say that stuff, though. Holden Caulfield, right? Um, that is correct. That is from Catcher in the Rye. You have one correct right now. You have one. He's just so, so like, the conventions of society are holding me back, you know? <laughs> Literally, I feel I okay. Don't quote me on this, but I feel like a lot of JD Salinger's characters are like, "We live in a society." So, what's our next quote? Uh, number two is, "I'm not saying that everything is survivable, just that everything except the last thing is." Uh, I think it's John Green. Yes, but I'm curious if you can guess which book it's from. I'll give you some bonus points. Uh, see that? I don't know. <laughs> it could be any of them. Are you just guessing for these or are you sort of like... No, I have a you're... gut feeling okay. that's like John Green's quotes are going to be a little bit more hopeful, a little bit less cynical, you know, mm. but still cynical. Mm, yes. And that one had a little weirdly felt like it had a little bit more hope to me. Just the, like, everything is survivable. Like, life will be okay. Until the last thing. Um, is it from Turtles All the Way Down? No. I will say, I should have mentioned at the beginning, no Fault in Our Stars, no Turtles All the Way Down. I don't think I have any Will Grayson, Will Grayson either, now that I think about it. Because I didn't pick based on book. I, I just... forget about Will Grayson, Will Grayson. Yeah. I never read that one, actually. All right. Quote number three. So, what, wait, wait. No, wait. What book was that Oh, so, <laughs> I never, <laughs> You'll never know. No, it was from Paper Towns. Quote number three. I don't exactly know what I mean by that, but I mean it. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> this kind of throws out my previous litmus test for which one's which. <laughs> um, is uh, uh, Salinger. Ah, you got me. 
You've got yes. Me. When you he's just less. He just says, I don't know. That character just says a lot of things without any thought of what they actually mean. I feel well, like he, he also so has that. a super distinct <laughs> voice. You know. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I mean by all the things I'm saying. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. You're term. welcome. Quote number four. And I have one of those very loud, stupid laughs. I mean, if I ever sat behind myself in a movie or something, I'd probably lean over and tell myself to please shut up. I'm assuming it's John Green just because the movie seems more modern. Nope. No? Nope. What? Nope. What? It's been a hot minute since you read Catcher in the Rye, but yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff about movies yeah. and that because that was when like the movies was like a big thing. Oh, and you'd be like, I'm going to go see the yeah. show for the, the 10 cents at the cinema. <laughs> I'm going to the cinema. And that will be my whole or day. Like a penny, the penny show or yeah. something. or I don't know. There's a penny involved. Yeah. So. Shoot. Uh, dang. That really sounded like John Green to me. I'm glad that I got you on that one. And it was like kind of funny. Yeah. Like it was like. It was a little like self-deprecating. Kind of silly. A little self-deprecation for you. Quote number five. Books are the ultimate dumpies. Put them down and they'll wait for you forever. Pay attention to them and they always love you back. That's John Green, right? Yes. Which book? Okay. As a bonus. Uh, let me think. I'm like going through the different characters, like trying to like see who it lines <laughs> up with. Well, you see, part of the problem is that I did not like an abundance of Catherine's. Literally can't remember a single thing from that book. So if it's from that, I'll never know. Um is it from oh, damn where does he get dumped i don't know it's not from paper towns is it nope it's actually from an abundance of catherine's <laughs> <laughs> i should i should have i know i was like when does he get dumped when does he get dumped and he doesn't really get like traditionally dumped <sighs> mad okay anyway anyway Quote number six. We're halfway through. I don't give a damn, except that I get bored sometimes when people tell me to act my age. Sometimes I act a lot older than I am. I really do. But people never notice it. People never notice anything. That's gotta be Salinger. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Holden Caulfield quote if I ever heard one. I know. I said it out loud. That's just and like... I was like, ah, there's you can't escape that one. The teenage angst no, is just dripping is... off of that one. I always act older than I am, but no one ever notices how much older than I am than I act. <sighs> <laughs> All right, quote number seven. You've only missed one so far. Doing pretty good. Quote number is seven. Is that embarrassing? What, they've only missed one? Yeah. I don't know. Is it... That's a good question. Is it a good thing to get these right or a bad thing? <laughs> Probably. Okay, and for the for in in the social circle that would listen to our podcast, probably a good thing. The broader sense of the world, maybe not. Right, maybe I'll no one else that. cares. All right, number seven. You can love someone so much, but you can never love people as much as you can miss them. John Green, looking for Alaska? 
You got John Green right, but no, that was Abundance of Catherines again. I didn't realize how many of those I had on here, but people I, really liked quotes maybe, from that one. Maybe I didn't like an Abundance of Catherines because the quotes were too teenage angsty. Maybe it, that's what I didn't like about it. I don't know. That's fair. I mean, considering how many of these I have on the list, perhaps. All right. I just, uh, I was just like, well, looking Alaska has loss in it. Yeah. It so, sure. <laughs> I'll do that one, I guess. All right, number eight. It is so hard to leave until you leave. And then it is the easiest goddamn thing in the world. That's Salinger. Nope. No? That is... Can you guess it? I mean, it's John Green, but... I don't... uh, Paper Towns? Is oh, it, you got it right. It's it's not the main character though. It's um Margot, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. there we go. That makes sense. All right, number nine. We are we are so close to the finish line here. It always shocked me when I realized that I wasn't the only person in the world who thought and felt such strange and awful things. Uh Salinger. <laughs> Nope. Who, when, where, why? Can you guess the book? If it's an abundance of Catherine's. Nope. Okay, good. Um, I guess looking for Alaska then. Yeah, but that was your second guess, so I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah, I'm fine. Hee <laughs> hee. All right, last one. Are you ready? Yes. I like it when somebody gets excited about something. It's nice. just like the most generic quote it it reveals nothing (laughs) tells you nothing i knew it was gonna be difficult (laughs) Uh, okay i like it when someone is excited about something it's nice it's nice it's nice i will say that i had an equal number of salinger and green quotes See, I don't remember what we've done so far, though. Okay. Well, if you keep like the score. That, that doesn't help me at all. If well, you kept now, the score, you would know. Well, <laughs> to do take notes? I'm an evil teacher in a children's show. That's what this voice is. I'm going to go with Salinger. You got it right. Woo. Yay. Just the bluntness of it's nice. It's nice. It's very funny. It's nice. Like, okay, bud. He's just like, that's a good thing. All right, let's see how many you got wrong. Because it wasn't a lot. One. Two. Three. And then you technically got a fourth one wrong. But then you got the bonus part. So I'm making it just like cancel out. So you got three wrong. Which means you got 70%. Yeah. Okay. That's passing. That is passing. I was expecting you at the beginning. I was like, oh, you're going to get a 90 or something. No, I'm just passing. You're just passing. That's good. That's a good grade. It was kind of, honestly, I didn't think this was going to be that hard. I was like, yeah, they have similar themes, but like their writing is so different and like their voices are different and it's not going to be that hard to do. But it was a lot (laughs) harder to do. And even the ones that I got right, a lot of them, I was like, "Eh, I don't know. You're like, I don't know which book this is from. 
to be fair, I purposely picked ones where there wasn't like a super huge tell. I think the only one that has a like a huge tell is the one that's um sometimes I act a lot older than I am, but people never notice it because that's just such that is just such a holden thing to say. It's so him. <laughs> but like most of the other things are a little bit more ambiguous on purpose. But you yeah. you survived my my test of doom, my segment of doom, my questionnaire. And you come out to the other side with a passing grade. You may live another day. <laughs> yeah. This has been the quote troll. This has been the quote troll. <laughs> well, thank you for that segment. You're so I feel very like I welcome. learned a lot. You're so very welcome. Hopefully that will keep the quote troll satisfied for a while so we don't have to hear that again. At least until next time. Ha <laughs> All right. Well, this week it was my turn to pick the book for the What book did you theme. pick? I picked Bone Gap by Laura Ruby. So here it is. Everyone knows Bone Gap is full of gaps. So when young, beautiful Rosa went missing, the people of Bone Gap weren't surprised. But Finn knows what really happened to Rosa. He knows she was kidnapped by a dangerous man whose face he cannot remember. As we follow the stories of Finn, Rosa, and the people of Bone Gap, acclaimed author Laura Ruby weaves a tale of the ways in which the face the world sees is never the sum of who we are. So the synopsis in the back of the book is pretty short. So I'm also going mm-hmm. to read. There's a like one page preface intro sort of thing at the very beginning of the book that's told from a separate perspective from everything else. So I'm going to read that as well. The people of Bone Gap called Finn a lot of things, but none of them was his name. When he was little, they called him Spaceman, Sidetrack, Moonface, You. As he got older, they called him Pretty Boy, Loner, Brother, Dude. But whatever they called him, they called him fondly. Despite his odd expressions, his strange distraction, and that annoying way he had of creeping up on a person, they knew him as well as they knew anyone. As well as they knew themselves. They knew him like they knew that old Charlie Valentine preferred his chickens to his great-grandchildren, and sometimes let them roost in the house. The chickens, not the children. The way they knew that the Cordero family had a ghost that liked to rifle through the fridge at night. The way they knew that Priscilla Willis, the beekeeper's homely daughter, had a sting worse than any bee. The way they knew that Bone Gap had gaps just wide enough for people to slip through or slip away, leaving only their stories behind. As for Finn, well, they thought he was a little weird, but that was okay with them. Yeah, that boy's nuttier than a honey cluster, they might say. But he's a fine-looking nut, a sharp nut, our nut. Finn, they were sure, had his heart in the right place. Just the way they did. Eventually, though, they found out that there was a good reason for Finn's odd expressions, his strange distraction, that annoying way he had of creeping up on a person. A good reason he never looked anyone in the eye. By then it was too late, and the girl they loved most, and knew least of all, was gone. Wow, you're realizing now that I'm reading that, what a lot of that means, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't realize there was so much in that intro. I mean, hindsight's 2020. That's true. It's called foreshadowing, baby. Baby, we call that, uh, in the trade, we call that foreshadowing. <laughs> so, 
Um, I actually wanted to go ahead and give my own sort of little synopsis of what happens in Bone Gap because I don't feel like, and we'll get to this with expectations, I don't feel like any of the things out there really let you know what actually happens in the book. Bone Gap is about a boy, Finn, who lives in a small town in Illinois, I believe. He lives with his older brother, Sean. They have been abandoned by their mother. She ran off with a rich orthodontist and their father died yeah he passed he passed like when i think when sean was 12 yeah so when the boys were a lot younger and then their mom leaving is more recent finn is in this it's the summer before finn's senior year of high school so he's kind of at that like 17 ish age a girl rosa mysteriously shows up in like their backyard and she ends up being like a lovely person that becomes part of their family and her and Sean fall in love. It's very cute. She means a lot to both of the brothers, obviously in different ways, but she becomes very important to them and the whole town sort of just loves Rosa. She's, they think she is so beautiful and so interesting and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. She is abducted and Finn witnesses the abduction, but no one believes him. They all believe that Rosa just left the way that sort of everyone else has always left the boys. It doesn't help that Finn is known as being really spacey and like distant like he's always sort of in his own world the town still likes him like he's not like ostracized you know by anyone except for like a group of bullies at school it seems but people don't take him seriously essentially the book takes place over may to august so it's separated out by month are kind of the big there's smaller chapters and then there's the like four parts of the book that are the four months that it takes place over and also takes place over more than one point of view it starts out just from finn and rose's point of view and then we kind of add on a few more points of view like later as we learn more about characters which is kind of fun and then the part of the book that i think is the most exciting for me because it's not a genre i read very often but i really enjoy it is it is magical realism as with magical realism that means like it can sort of be a lot of different things it was just really interesting like there's sort of alternate dimensions there's like a magical horse question mark and like the corn talks but like none of it's cheesy which i appreciate mm-hmm. um there's also the girl or there's also Petey, who is the beekeeper's daughter who is referenced as priscilla willis in the introduction and her and finn end up striking up this very adorable summer romance so stuff happens tension builds and then the man that took rosa returns and finn has to find her so it's all very dramatic. It is. It's all very beautiful. It's a lot. It's a lot. Now, Marcy, do you want to start us off before we get into the nitty gritty of our um, review with what each of our categories in our rating system means? Because um, we didn't super give an explanation of that. So if any first time listeners might be wondering why we have six different categories yeah, as opposed to just one. So we wanted to be able to give a more in-depth review and to do that. We have six different categories um, that sort of span, we think, the majority of important things in terms of choosing and reading a book. So our first category is enjoyability. This one is pretty self-explanatory. Did you like reading it? Our second category is balance. So this sort of encapsulates like pacing. Um, was the book too heavy in this one part? Was it you know, to slow this part? You know, does the book fit together as a cohesive whole? sort of category and like how does it feel from start to finish 
expectations are just does the book like live up to or exceed the expectations do we feel the way it was advertised and presented to us actually like fit with what the book was that could be good or bad it might exceed our expectations it might have been overhyped we don't know writing style is just do we like how it was written so what's nice about this is the book can have no substance but a beautiful writing style and we could give it points for that which is great or vice versa and then memorability does the book stick with us after we read it or is it just kind of like meh not very original sort of fades to black after we read it and that's it and then finally believability so believability does not necessarily mean was the book realistic in that everything that happens could happen in the real world but does everything that happened make sense in the universe of the book and then also do people act like people um do people make decisions that real people would make and react in ways that real people would react so if we jump into the first category of enjoyability i (laughs) am gonna change the rating i had written down i'm changing it to a four out of five I had it as a three out of five and then I was just like talking about it and I was like, dang, I actually liked it more than that. (laughs) So it's a four out of five for me. I, so since, since our rating system is made to not have rating inflation, a three is just fine, right? It's just good. And I feel like it was more than just good. Like it was, it was above a three. So I'm going to give it a four. Um, I enjoyed it. I, for me, my big indicator of enjoyability is the pickup factor. So when I'm not reading it, do I want to pick it up? And I'll get into this with balance, but I didn't feel that way the whole way through, which I think is why I originally had it a three. I, it took me a little bit to get into this book. I will say like, it took me a little bit to like, want to be reading it when I wasn't reading it. And yeah, for that, I wanted to give it a three. But I think in the end, the way I feel about it, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, I have really warm feelings towards this book. It it deserves more than, like, the book as a whole, I enjoyed more than a three. So. Aww. I actually gave it the exact same rating and for the exact same reasons. <laughs> so <laughs> I also gave it a four. And I also gave it a four instead of just a five because, you know, like you said, um, I, I don't know. I liked it a lot at the beginning. Like I, well, I liked all of the book, but I mean, like, I didn't want to put it down near the beginning and then, and we'll talk about this more with balance, that feeling sort of left. And then once it got to the last, like 15% of the book, I the feeling picked up again. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was a lull. Mm-hmm. So I also gave it a four out of five. So. I just really loved all the relationships in this book so much, which I feel like is what I always say, because that's what I always like the most about books is like the connections between people. Mm-hmm. So like I loved, ugh, I love Sean and Finn, the two brothers, because they like really cared about each other, but like they had a really hard time showing it and just like were essentially self-isolating, but like they both had a lot of depth to them, which I really enjoyed. And like, I loved Finn. I loved him so much. Aww. He was just so sweet. And he's just like the type of boy who just like, like just the type of person who like wants things to be good in the world and things just don't go right for him. And I want them to. And like he's just, and the reason, so the reason why this book is a appropriate choice for growing up is that like this whole book is about like your self-identity versus the identity other people have given you 
Mm-hmm. And Finn is just starting, like, he feels that the whole town still sees him as this little moon-faced, they say a lot, the starry-eyed kid who, like, misses everything and is always daydreaming. But that's not the experience of his life. That's not how he feels. Yeah. And so it's, like, him struggling with being not being that little kid anymore, but uh, people still thinking he is and, like, finding his own self-identity and... Just all of the, like, conflicts that arise between the characters stem from them expecting the other person to act differently than they do based Mm -hmm. on their, like, reputation. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's not even Justin that, like, it's all of the characters. Yeah, literally all of them. That's really interesting. Like, Finn, Sean, and Petey all misunderstand each other because they only see what they expect to see from the other person. And Rosa has a similar experience, not with, Finn necessarily but like in her own life too that you see so all of the main the main people definitely have that um can you say I literally loved all of the characters names and like the atmosphere of the town like do do you have any I don't know I can't remember like Priscilla Willis Mel Willis what is it Amber Haas um like they all just have such fun names yeah, they're all. Oh, what good. is his name? Jonas Apple. Jonas Apple. <laughs> Charlie Valentine. Like I the love the setting name. of this book is impeccable. Like it's so good. I so loved the setting of this book, and just like the mood of it, you know. Were you imagining Marcy, um, as we were reading this because it's like rural, small town Illinois, and I actually looked it up. Bone Gap's a real place with like two hundred people in it. It's a village, but like, were you imagining? North Carolina, like our relative's house. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Because that was 100% exactly what I was picturing. Like the house I was picturing as Sean and Finn's house was like our aunt and uncle's house. Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And then, except it was not on the top of a hill, it was in like a flat space yeah. because they had mm-hmm. a barn and stuff. Yeah. So. The setting was impeccable. The characters' names were so fun. I love when characters' names are very like distinct and like. Like, I get that not every human person has a super distinct and interesting name, but that's the one area where I'm like, well, I don't really, I don't actually care if that's not realistic. I just love the way, like, Jonas Apple sounds. I don't know. I think it's so fun. You really love Jonas Apple. Jonas Apple's name. I was like, oh, geez. He's not an important character. No, he's not. I just like his name. And, like, Charlie Valentine or Valentine. It's Emily Valentine. Let me live. What was Rose's last name? I don't know if they ever say it because there's something Polish. And so if they said it, I don't remember it because she wasn't from the town. Do we know what Finn and Sean's last name was? It's like O'Hiri or something. Mm. Oh, O'Hara? No, it's not O'Hara. Dang it. I don't have it like written anywhere. The distant sounds of you flipping your (laughs) your book open. I'm trying to see if it says it in like the first paragraph of like, you know, when it's like Sean and whatever. Nope, the, fir- the first word, the first sentence is the corn was talking to him again, so. Such an interesting first sentence. Um, can I just talk very briefly about, this is an extremely personal, like, reason to have had my enjoyability gone down slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this will, this doesn't necessarily affect, like, this doesn't reflect on the author. But when Petey was first introduced, I was expecting her to be a trans guy. Really? Because of the way that she was so adamantly like, my name is Petey, stop calling me 
Priscilla. It doesn't fit. Um, and well, I, I wasn't expecting so much as hoping. Um, and I thought that that would have been a really interesting way to go about the like people's perception of you versus what you actually are sort of theme that the book is so fond of. Um, and I'm not mad that she wasn't like, I liked her story and what they did with what the author did with her. Um, but it did sort of like sort of throw me off after I realized that wasn't what was going on because I got my hopes up kind of thing. Like I was like, Oh, here's a, a trans character. And then it wasn't. And so then my personal experience was a little like, I had to get over it essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've done that with shows I've watched where I thought it was going to be a situation of it being a trans character. And then the authors or the writers went in a completely different direction and it just like soured my viewing of it. Um, not purposefully, but just by nature of my feelings. So gotcha. I just want to get that out there. Yeah, no, I didn't. I did think like about her that. though. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about that. So how do we feel about the cover being a bee? Um, I don't think it has as much to do with the book as it's going to expect you to, but it sure did grab my attention. Yeah, I like the cover a lot. No, the cover oh, wait, let, let's get into that in expectations, actually. Okay, yeah, right. Wait, yeah. All right, let's go, let's go to balance. As we kind of hinted at, we don't feel this book was all that balanced. I gave it a two out of five. Hmm, interesting. I like that it's split into four months. I like that you get sort of these, like, distinct, like, time is moving which i appreciate i like that we get more than one point of view which i think helps keep it interesting and i like that the point of views kind of add on as we learn more about characters like you don't start out getting point of views from everyone it's only once we start to learn more about those characters from the main point of view of finn that we start to see them does that make sense yeah i did think that the middle got to be pretty slow there was just like a lull in there that I was like, eh, I don't know about this. Like I just, I, it just, the pacing slowed down a lot and made it like there was a point where I put the book down for like three days and didn't touch it. Yeah, I did that too. And then once I picked it up and kind of got over that hump, it was fine. And I really, really enjoyed it. So I don't necessarily have a concrete critique of like what to do better. <laughs> I just felt that lull in the middle. Mm -hmm. I gave it a 2.75 because I give partial, unlike you. Um, because it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily mad. And like you said, like, I don't super know how without literally going in and thinking about how I would have written it myself, how to have fixed the pacing issue. Because when you look at the text itself, you're not necessarily like, wow, this is going so slowly. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like it's more of a, you're, you're zooming out. It's zooming the lens out a little it's bit. It's a drop in tension. Mm, yeah that's yes yes especially because um and this is also part of why my balance rating is pretty low is like well not pretty low but you know what i mean lower than a three is because like i was expecting there to be way more rosa point of view and i wanted more rosa point of view especially in that lull in the middle and it felt like we didn't i don't, I don't know i i felt like there was so much of finn and his stuff with pd and not a lot of Rosa anymore. And it felt kind of like, I want, <laughs> give me Rosa. Yeah. And <laughs> I love her. If you haven't read the book, Rosa's point of view is a point of view of her being abducted. 
so it's her like in captivity so her point of view yeah. is very suspenseful and intense in a way that the other characters aren't because the other characters while they might there is this tension for them to want to find rosa they're also still existing in their day-to-day life mm-hmm. versus she is like in survival mode yeah and also like I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, it, during that lull in the middle, I think it's partially because it's when you're getting her backstory. Um, yes. So a lot of her point of view is flashbacks. It's not even what's actually happening. That yeah. makes sense. So then it makes the pacing a little bit wonky because it's like you're not getting that tension from the the in the moment what's going on with her at the same time that Finn is dealing with things other than it being directly related to Rosa and that tension isn't there. So, like, it's just a, a little, a, 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 a substantial amount of time spent without that sort of, like, she's literally in captivity. Can we talk more about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, the other thing I will say I did like about Balance is that the magic ramped up as the plot ramped up. It's like we start mm-hmm. out with, like, little sprinkles of magic happening and then we get a little bit more in the end, in the middle, I mean. And at the end, as the plot starts to, like, snowball, the, yeah. the magic starts to snowball. And so I appreciated, yeah. I appreciated the matching of the pacing with the magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now that I'm thinking about it, also, that lull that we're talking about, there wasn't, I can't think of any magic that was super happening, like, in Finn's life, necessarily. Yeah, just the horse. But that wasn't new at just, that point. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like a surprise. But yeah. So I think that's the lowest score we've given. Yeah, which I feel bad, but this I mean it did. It had a it had a lull in the middle. It did, it did have a lull. It had a lot of other good things too. Yeah. So all right, expectations. Uh, I'm gonna give it for expectations a three out of five because I thought it was good. And I really liked it. And it didn't exactly match what I thought it was going to be. Like, it wasn't as much of a mystery as I thought it was going to be. But I don't think that was bad. Like, I think I actually liked it a little bit more than what the description said I would have liked it. But I don't think I liked it so much to give it a four. I think it was just, like, different than what I expected. But still just, like, a pretty good book. And that's that's a three. Just a solid book. Yeah, just solid. Solidly I that solidly met my expectations. Fair enough. I also gave it a three. Um the only notes I have written for this one is that like I was expecting obviously magical realism. And I definitely got that. But I was expecting there to be more of a focus on those gaps that they mention in the back cover. And you really don't get a lot of that until the last seventy to eighty percent of the book. No, wait, not the last 70. Wait. Yeah, what the last are you 20%. To say? I was trying to I'm, I was thinking in my head I had the picture of the like when you're reading it on your phone and and it has the <laughs> the percentage of how far you're <laughs> yeah. in. So I said 80%, but I meant the last 20%. So I was expecting there to be more about the gaps and there wasn't a whole lot for a long time. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that with believability a little bit. Okay. So Okay, cool. We'll touch it. We'll touch it. Moving cool. on to writing style. I gave it a four out of five. I really liked the prose. I thought it was really like beautifully written, but also very like accessibly written. Like it wasn't overly complicated or anything. I just, I, we already mentioned it. I loved the setting of this book. They did. She did such a good job. And I love like stories 
about small towns where weird things happen in them. I think they're so fun. I think they're so neat. It never gets old for me. I could literally only consume stories about small towns with weird shit going on and I would <laughs> never I would never get tired of it. I don't think I would. I also will say that like the way she writes like I don't know if you feel this way, but I could just like feel it. Do you know what I mean? Like you feel all the stuff that they feel really well in this book and like hmm she made the mundane seem very magical and like that was like a really good balance for her to strike and I just I really liked it. I don't have anything okay. bad to say about writing styles, just that I didn't, you know, leave the book with a bazillion things highlighted or anything, but four out of five for me. That's what that means. <laughs> now I gave it a three point seven five because although I loved the actual happenings and like you said, the prose is very beautiful. I just got very distracted because a lot of times there'd be super duper long paragraphs with no breaks and it just got hard to concentrate when it was that that dense at once especially because like I was reading it and I was like this could have been split up so it just got difficult to read and that kind of threw me out of it a little bit um, and the only other critique I had at all for the writing style was that in a lot of Rose's chapters she just wakes up somewhere I understand why, but it, it got to the point where I was like, ah, next chapter that we get a Rosa, she's going to wake up. And then she would. You know what I mean? I didn't think about that at all. And you were still right. <laughs> yeah. So like that also just sort of threw me off a little bit. But like you said, like the rest of it was very beautiful. I thought the, I thought the sentence by sentence was beautiful. I, th I highlighted a lot of different things. So a lot of quotes that I was like, ah, oh, that hit me good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 3.75. Nice. All right. So moving on to memorability. I gave this a four out of five because it was just like interesting. Like I haven't read a lot of other books that were like this. You know, I think I'm going to remember it because it's different. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it a four too. That same like. I'm going to remember it. Maybe not all the characters' names and maybe not very specific details, but I'm going to be like, that was that book with the really interesting, like, small town and the character that went missing. And she was Polish. There's a horse. There is a <laughs> you horse. Know what I mean? <laughs> Which yeah. is better than some books you read where you, you, two months later, you're like, I don't know what happened at all. Well, exactly. Because to me, like, there's books where you all you can remember is an impression. And, like, the fact that you can remember anything at all is means that it was a memorable book. Because, like, I, I mean, I've read 30 books so far this year. Like, they've all... And I've read twice that. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I know I'm not very impressive in my numbers. So, like, <laughs> being able to recall any specifics is a big deal, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, four. It's pretty good. For believability, I struggled with the believability rating a lot with this. Ugh. I loved the depth of the characters and I loved like I felt like the people of this book were very realistic as people like especially once you started to see from more than one perspective because sort of they looked like stereotypes when you were only looking from one person's point of view 
And then you would get it from their point of view and you'd realize how the other person was seeing them as a stereotype. And that's why they kind of seemed like a stereotype. But in reality, they weren't. So I really liked that. I, for the most part, bought the kind of like, quote unquote, rules of the magic in this book. There aren't really rules. Like it's not set up or explained, really. It's magical realism. So it just happens. Um, But I don't really understand like why more people didn't fall into these gaps in phone gap like because i don't how do i i don't know how to explain this without giving away spoilers but yeah i know i understand what you're trying to say like there is a lot of like things that they would say or allude to but then not expand on in terms of like specific other characters too where it's like are they involved in this thing are they not why is it literally just rosa as far as we know i I get it It, there's a lot of stuff that i wanted more information about that i wasn't given i I just wanted a little bit more explanation of why bone gap was this special place like why it was different yeah the world and or is it different from the rest of the world you know like yeah that's true i gave it a two out of five for this Oh, wow. I just, I have a hard time with potholes. And I just spent a lot of book questioning why things were happening. And I know part of, and I struggle with this rating because I know part of magical realism is just kind of accepting that magic happens. Like, Mm -hmm. that's part of the genre. But I just wanted to know why more people, like, why this stuff hadn't happened to more people. That's what I didn't get. Like, Yeah. Or, like, if it had happened to more people, just, like, tell me. Yeah. Or, like, I wanted, I wasn't compelled by why Rosa was kidnapped. Mm, Yes. Although I will say I really liked this how that was reconciled oh god i loved that which is a huge spoiler and we cannot talk about we cannot say exactly what happened but i knew what was going to happen before it happened and i was sitting in my room reading it and my friend was like over my room doing homework while i was reading it and out loud i went oh god oh god and she was like are you okay and i was like (laughs) it's the book like oh yeah i i loved that i just wish i had believed why she'd been kidnapped a little bit more Mm. That's fair. Um, I have similar feelings, but I, I gave it a 3.5. So, <laughs> so you know, I don't know. I felt like um, outside of the fact that I wanted a little bit more explanation, especially when you get to the, like, nearish the climax, the believability of the magical realism. Like, like what you mentioned earlier, how it sort of ramped up as the pacing picked up too. Especially when you're getting into those scenes, I felt like it was believable and compelling without mm-hmm. being too like caught up in any like how is it actually happening so that's why i gave it a higher rating than you did even though i have similar critiques so yeah. my overall rating then with the adjustments i've made on the spot <laughs> yeah is a 3.17 which i think sounds right mine's a 3.5 so that brings our cumulative total to 3.3 Four is our overall rating for this book, which I think sounds like about right. And when we think about the other things we've read, that that kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. I think in like if there's a scale and we're putting it on the line, yeah, that makes sense where it goes. So, would you recommend this book, Gray? Yes, I would. Would you recommend this book, Marcy? I would recommend this book. Do you have any caveats, or are you just sort of anyone? 
I mean, I feel like literally anyone could enjoy this book as long as like you like YA. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I I didn't even feel like like obviously it is a young adult novel, but like I don't think that people who don't like like who are against YA would read it and be like, "This is why I hate YA." You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. It's not a superficial book. It's not like it has depth to it. It's not overly like, focused on romance. Yeah, and like the characters are teenagers, obviously, so they're dealing with a lot of teenagery things, but the place of tension is coming more from Rose's situation and the interpersonal stuff that isn't necessarily related just to being a teenager, like yeah. people's perception of you being wrong. So I feel like even the stuff that makes it a YA novel doesn't necessarily mean that people who don't like YA are going to not like it. So Yeah, I agree. Side note. In preparation for a segment we're doing like a month from now, (laughs) I am reading a lot of books from the perspective of women. You'll see why later. It's a little secret for us. Every single book I've read has dealt with in some way the ways in which women are abused and seen as objects. And this book also dealt with that. And Mm -hmm. it just seems like every single thing I'm reading right now is coming back with this one theme and it's just kind of strange. I don't know. Like (laughs) it's every book. Is it a bad strange or just like a, this is a lot at once. No, it's just like, this is a lot at once. Like, I don't know why everything in my life, like not in my personal life, (laughs) but (laughs) in my literary reading life is all coming back with the same notes, which is that men suck. Mm. That's, I mean, I feel like I do that too, though, where like on accident, I'll just read a lot of books at once that have very similar things they're dealing with or like threads. And I'm like, why? Why is this? Why? And like, as you'll see when this segment goes live, these books are very different. Oh, it yes. Is not, it's not related at all. But Not even it, a little bit the same thing. No. But, you know, and also the books I've been reading have been spanning very different time periods as far as when they're set. So... It's just, wow. Different genres, too, or just different time periods? Genres and time periods. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. Anyway. Now, Marcy, what's going on in our next episode? So, we are going to be continuing with our theme of growing up, and we will be reading Gray's next pick, which is called Color Me In by Natasha Diaz. Diaz. It's a YA contemporary, uh, because it's all I pick, I guess. Um, I swear I'll pick a different one eventually, a different genre, um, that very recently came out. So I'm super excited to read this one. Uh, I got the physical copy when I went to the bookstore the other day and I got so much percentage off because I'm a Barnes and Noble member now. And I've talked about this before, but I'm just always excited about it because I'm like, yes. All right. So we'll be reading Color Me In by Natasha Diaz. And you can read that with us if you want to know what we're talking about, or you can just listen to our review and then decide if you want to read it. That episode will be released on October 6th. Um, After that, for the rest of October, because like the way the weeks are working out, we have three weeks that are releasing in October. We're going to be moving on to a more spooky theme that I'm very excited about. Oh, I'm so excited for the spook. Oof, oof, the spook. Ah. The spook. Spooky, scary skeletons. So, Gray, where can people find us? People can find us on Twitter, at Book and Siblings. They can also find us anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to it right now, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Um, They can find me specifically because 
oh, you know, got to plug you myself. I said you self. It's fine. Um, at Graybola on Instagram, on Twitter, on Tumblr. Uh, you can find both of us on Goodreads under Marcy Bulla and Gray Bulla. Our names are right there in the description of this podcast. So if you need help spelling them, please just, you may look or I can tell you. Call me on my cell phone. Let's have a chat. Don't. Don't, please don't call me on my cell phone. I have so much fun anxiety. Anyways. All right. So you if you can, please leave a review on iTunes. Um, tell your friends that we exist. We're a fresh young baby podcast starting from the ground up, so we can use any any sort of help would be appreciated. Do you want to, do you want to plug my book for me because I feel awkward doing it? Also, while we're in the middle of plugging things, Gray has a book. We've mentioned every episode. We mentioned at the beginning of this episode. We're going to mention it again. It's called Letters to the Home. You can Google it. Letters to the Home, Michael Gray Bulla. It is available on Amazon. It is available on Barnes & Noble. It is available at IndieBound. I'm about to go pick it up tomorrow at my local indie book retailer. Aw. I pre-ordered it. Yeah. I'm going to have two copies now. Aw. So. That's so sweet. Yeah. Of course. I wanted to support a local bookshop and also my little brother. So if you'd like to do that, go ahead. It is now live and into the world, and it is a beautiful book that I believe you should read. It is a collection of poetry, I guess I should say, and warn you in case you're expecting a novel. It is not that. I will have one of those eventually. Just not but yet. But not yet. <laughs> oh, wait. So. But. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning into Bookends. Thank you, you so much for tuning into Bookends, Marcy. Oh my god, thank you, Gray. Thank you, Marcy. Oh my god. Thank you, nameless I, listener. It, it's really fun, and we appreciate it. And we appreciate that you would take time out of your day to listen to us rant and rave. Wait, so. wait, before we um, before before we end this, we should say hi to mom and dad. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Hi, Lainey. And <laughs> Lainey. I don't know if she'll. Too. I don't know if she'll listen to this. I think we say bad words, so maybe she shouldn't. But we didn't. I don't think we did in this episode. This episode mm, gets the clean stamp. I said shit. That's fine. That still counts as clean. Okay, fine. Good. <laughs> Good. So. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you later. Bye. Good job.